Asia Pacific currents. News and labor issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest、uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at nine o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. Good morning and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents for another Saturday here on、uh, Community Radio 3CR. It is Saturday, the 25th of June. June. The year is running away from us. I'm Giselle Hannah. I'm James Barry. And we're taking you through to 9 30 this morning. Coming up in the second part of the show, we'll be speaking with Lionel Bopagi. He is one of the、uh, campaign organisers, coordinators in Australia Asia Worker Links,、um, and he is going to talk about the situation in Sri Lanka. Speaking of Australia Asia Worker Links, that is the organisation that brings you Asia Pacific Currents every Saturday morning. If you want to find us on the web, all the w's.aawl.org.au, we're on Facebook and Twitter, so look us up on those social media. Platforms.、Um, we, uh, we might just go straight into the news, James. Okay, so beginning this week in the Republic of Georgia, where workers at the Borjomi Mineral Water Factory in the former Soviet Republic have ended their three week strike on Tuesday following a government mediated agreement. 400 workers went on strike on May 31 to protest against the dismissal of 49 co workers, also demanding that the employees be reinstated, that collective bargaining be introduced, and that the company cease threatening employees who speak out. Georgi Diasamidza, who heads the union behind the strike, this week said that the company had made a lot of concessions, and 49, the 49 dismissed employees will be given the option to either return to work or receive six months' salary as redundancy. The Georgian government recently seized Borjomi as its ownership by the Russian oligarch Mikhail Friedman had led to sanctions against the famous mineral water brand. And moving now to South Korea, the Korean Public Service Transport Workers Union, Cargo Truckers Solidarity Division, suspended strike action last week after reaching an agreement with the Ministry of Land, Infrastructure and Transport over demands for safe rates. The agreement, which ended the week long strike, involves the ministry and the union working together to revise existing laws in order to include a safe rate system. The safe rates system provides a minimum pay rate to truck drivers so that they can meet vehicle and other costs and avoid needing to work dangerous hours or driving recklessly to make ends meet. The agreement involves the adjustability of these rates to deal with rising fuel costs. On a sour note, the ruling party in South Korea has backed away from an earlier promise to also work with the ministry and union regarding legislating safe rates. Uh, uh, it's probably something that、uh, many, many countries can use, what with the increase in land transport, so trucks and other forms of logistics,、um, to transport goods. Around.、Um, and certainly, I know that the TWU here in Australia is working on、uh, creating better safety me- measures for truck drivers. One of, one of the industries with、uh, one of the highest、um, fatality rates because of unreasonable、um, expectations for delivery, d- delivery mm-hmm. rates. Mm-hmm. And upwards to 92 hours per week in some cases. Jeez.、Uh, to the Philippines now, where the government has been cracking down on media, independent media. 
In a sign that the newly elected president, Ferdinand Bongbong Marcos, will be following into the footsteps of his father, the former dictator Ferdinand Marcos Sr., the National Telecommunications Commission of the Philippines this week announced that 28 independent media sites would be, would be blocked on the grounds that they support terrorism. Among the sites included are the media of the Communist Party of the Philippines and the National Democratic Front, alongside several other left-wing groups and unions and education and religious organisations known to be critical of the government. The bans came with no prior warning and no opportunity for appeal. Both the National Union of Journalists of the Philippines and the International Federation of Journalists have condemned the move, calling it a blatant violation of press freedom. Moving now to Iraq, the Iraqi parliament swears in 73 new legislators as trouble brews. The Iraqi parliament swore in the 73 new legislators this week to replace the elected members of the Sa'iran alliance who resigned en masse earlier in the month. How do I, is that how we pronounce that word? Sairun. Sairun. Uh, the Sairun won the largest share of seats in last October's election, but have failed to form a government due to the leader of the party, prominent Shia cleric Muqtada Asadr, seeking to reform the parliament. The Iraqi parliament has operated as an ineffectual power-sharing institution among the main ethnic and sectarian groups since it was created by the US following their invasion and occupation of the country. Assad had been trying to instead create a ruling coalition with an opposition rather than continue the status quo, which is blamed for the poor situation in the country. Assad, who is anti-Iran, uh, was blocked by the pro-Iran Shia Dawa party, which has ruled Iraq since 2005, and therefore ordered his members to resign. The move spells trouble for Iraq, which has seen increasingly violent protests in recent years, which have been directed towards the parliament. Muqtada Assad leads what is the largest grassroots political movement in Iraq and he's likely to mobilise his followers in future anti-government protests. And just uh, on that, to give an idea of the problems that are being faced in that country, this week I was talking to someone in Iraq who was saying that you have four hours of electricity every day. So in a country that has so much oil and gas reserves that everyone has only four hours of electricity every day unless you can pay for a generator is yeah astounding. And so I would assume people are using those four hours to... Um, to recharge their mobile phones and what yeah, else? Would they, what, how are they prioritising um, that energy? So yeah, they 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 use it for things like that and um, and uh, just using household appliances really. Um, so only four hours a day. Mm. To Myanmar now, where the coup death toll has exceeded two thousand, the number of people killed in the military crackdown on dissent in Myanmar since the coup in February twenty twenty one now exceeds 2,000, according to the United Nations, which has called upon other nations to do more to pressure the, the junta. In addition to the 2,000 killed, at least 14,000 people have been arrested and more than 700,000 people displaced by the military. Malaysia has been recently pressuring ASEAN to do more to punish Myanmar for these crimes, including providing minimum conditions for Myanmar's future involvement in ASEAN. Malaysia has been motivated by the large number of refugees from Myanmar fleeing into their territory, and Kuala Lumpur has brought particular attention to the stories of horror and terror that these refugees are telling. Nevertheless, this has not stopped Malaysia from recently deporting 1,000 refugees back to Myanmar, despite a Malaysian court ordering against these deportations.
In other news, the junta has confirmed that former President Aung San Suu Kyi, who was serving several sentences for show trial convictions for corruption, is now being held in solitary confinement in an undisclosed location. Yeah, the, uh, the, there's no let-up in the situation in Myanmar. If there was a way forward, you know, if there was a clear way for actors, activists to fight, but it's, uh, it's actually very hard to watch that conflict. Moving now to our final story for the morning, uh, the Independence Party wins a significant um, number of seats in, in French Polynesia. Tavini Hura Atira, a pro-independence party in French Polynesia, has won all three French Polynesian seats in the National Assembly of France's recent elections. Tavini Hura Atira had previously held only one of the seats and the incumbent member, Moitai Brotherson, will now be joined by his comrades Steve Shiloh and Tematai Legaik. The party has identified the COVID pandemic as one of the factors in their electoral success, with France's system of colonial direct rule, meaning that many French Polynesians resented decisions being made in Paris about their circumstances, and therefore being more suited to Europe than the needs of the Pacific. Tavini Hura Atira, which evolved out of the front for the liberation of Polynesia, advocates greater autonomy for the islands and seeks to end direct rule. Despite the platform, Tavina Hura Atira will still work with French President Emmanuel Macron on an issue-by-issue basis as Macron's party lost its majority in the legislature. And just uh, for those who want to follow up more on that, uh, Nick McClellan, the, f- the former or the founder of the Asia-Pacific Currents Program and the uh, a regular contributor, has written an article about it so you can look it up online and there's more details uh, that he can he, he can provide as well. Yeah, we'll also post that on our Facebook page. So go to AAWL on Facebook to look up those details. It is 10 minutes past nine o'clock. Um, I did want to say, and I forgot to say this at the start of the show, thank you to all of our supporters, all of our Radiothon contributors. We are almost at our target. I'm going to play some announcements about Radiothon and uh, I will then um, announce our contributors so that you all get acknowledged because we didn't get to acknowledge all of you on the show last week. But please know that 3CR still hasn't reached its overall target and my show, (laughs) Accent of Women, my other show, hasn't reached its target. So if you want to donate and you haven't done it yet, please give us a ring uh, on 94198377 during business hours or go to the 3CR website or the w's.3cr.org.au and follow the links to contribute to Radiothon. 3CR Radiothon 2022. 3CR, keep community strong. 3CR Radiothon Fundraiser, June 2022. To donate, call 03 9419 8377 or donate online at 3cr.org.au. 3CR Radiothon 2022, keep community strong. Goongaroo Environment Centre is a grassroots community organisation campaigning for East Gippsland's precious forests. For over 15 years we've been using direct action, citizen science and community engagement to stop the continued logging of precious native forests and threatened species habitat. After this summer's terrible bushfires there's an even greater urgency to protect what remains and the Victorian government haven't ruled out plans to log the small fragments of unburnt forests and so-called salvage log in burnt areas. 
it's now so important that forests and wildlife are protected so they can recover. Head to gecko.org.au to keep updated with the latest news and to get involved. Gecko acknowledges the logging is happening on the stolen lands of the Gunnakurnai and Bidwell and Monaro people and that sovereignty was never ceded. Wondering how you pay your donation to the 3CR Radiothon? Well, you can do so online at www.3cr.org.au or call us with your credit card details on 03-9419-8377. You can also come into the station at 21 Smith Street Fitzroy during office hours and pay by cash, cheque or FPOS. Or simply post your cheque or money order to PO Box 1277 Collingwood 3066 and be sure to tell us which program you'd like your donation to go to. 3CR Radiothon. Show your support during June 2022. 3CR. Keep community strong. Common Social Change Library is an online collection of educational resources for those campaigning for social change. It collects, curates and distributes the key lessons and resources of progressive movements around Australia and across the globe. The library includes over 500 resources covering campaign strategy, community organising, activist history, 
digital campaigning, diversity and inclusion, and much, much more. It's free to access the library, so check out the collection at www.commonslibrary.org. Common Social Change Library is a 3CR supporter. It is 16 minutes past nine o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. You're listening to Asia Pacific Currents. That track that you heard before those community announcements was River of Tears by Kev Carmody. We're now joined by Comrade Lionel Bopagi. He's one of the organisers in Australia, Asia Worker Links. He's a um, long-standing Sri Lankan activist and we're going to get an update about the situation in Sri Lanka as well as notifying you of an upcoming event later today that you might want to get along to. Good morning and welcome, Lionel. Good morning, Good morning. Since we last spoke to you, which was on the 30th of April, the then Prime Minister Mahinda Rajapaksa resigned. What's the significance of this event? The Prime Minister resigned, Mahinda Rajapaksa resigned because of the pressure that was created by the protest movement in Sri Lanka, uh, especially by Gotago Gama centres. There were two main centres in Kalambu and uh, Kandy. And it spread um, island-wide and uh, due to the pressures, especially after these uh, centres were attacked by um, uh, Mr. Rajapaksa's uh, acolytes and uh, gangs, uh, there were island-wide protests against uh, that uh, repression. And um, as a result, Mind Rajapaksa had to resign. But uh, the outcome is uh, not so good in the sense Mahindra Rajapaksa resigned and Rani Lekumasinga came uh, was appointed uh, as Prime Minister. And he doesn't have the support of the parliament. He doesn't have a majority. He even he was he got defeated at the elections and he was appointed by the from the national list. And uh, he, he doesn't have support uh, majority support within the parliament. But uh, he was handpicked by the Rajapaksa family because he is a very close friend of Rajapaksa's and he is a defender of whatever the uh, illegal activities uh, uh, that have been carried out by Rajapaksa. So uh, Ranil Lekramasena is in power, but the main demand of the protest movement is for uh, the president to uh, depart, president to leave, and uh, to uh, abolish the executive presidency, and uh, until then to curtail the extraordinary powers that have been uh, uh, provided to uh, the, uh, the executive president, that is uh, the Gotabaya Rajapaksa, mind Rajapaksa's brother. And uh, those things are, um, haven't occurred, so the protests go on. Well... Part of what has motivated the the protests, I mean, you you have mentioned the illegal activities of the government that have basically, or or or, or of Rajapaksa and his cronies among them, Wickramasinghe, but um, it, it's the these illegal activities that have bankrupted the country, leading to a, a desperate, desperate um, cost of living crisis, an oil crisis, etc. I want to talk about the IMF loan and the austerity measures, because this goes directly to what people are dealing with and what the catalyst to the protests were. Where are the discussions at with the IMF loan and the uh, resultant uh, um, austerity measures? 
the IMF, um, now we have to understand the context as well, which got to the IMF assistance package that they are going to uh, grant. The discussions are on, and actually there is a team in Sri Lanka discussing with uh, the uh, the government, or rather the Maharani Lukramasinghe, with regard to the conditions. Uh, but uh, before these negotiations started, and there was an assessment made by the IMF, and uh, they issued a report. In that report, they mentioned that uh, whatever the austerity measures that need to be taken. Now, uh, the austerity measures were uh, accompanied with uh, uh, a promise to provide uh, financial assistance to uh, those who need uh, financial assistance. Um, uh, that is a sweetener to implement all those austerity measures. The issue is, now, this is the 16th assistance package uh, that is going to be provided by the IMF. And uh, then on top of that, there are so many assistance packages and uh, loans and aid and all sorts of things, financial uh, packages provided by different sources like the World Bank, Asia Development Bank, um, um, IMF, and so on. So there are, there are many uh, loans which have been taken. Only 10% of those loans and whatever the financial assistance have been used in a productive manner. All the rest have gone to uh, fill the pockets of uh, many um, uh, many who were in the ruling elite, including other partners and recommenders and um, uh, the senior bureaucrats in the government who have been supporting this process. Without the help of bureaucrats, uh, politicians can't do anything. So uh, the issue is, without dealing with these uh, problems about, you know, sort of money being siphoned off uh, all these uh, assistance packages, uh, there won't be any use, um, even if uh, we, we are able to get this <laughs> IMF package. Um, most of that money will um, uh, feed the ruling elite rather than, um, you know, the ordinary people. Now, already it has happened. Um, I will tell you an example. The Indian government, or rather the, the government in Tamil Nadu, they provided um, uh, some um, uh, uh, a reasonably, reasonably huge package to provide food assistance to uh, the people who are in need. And uh, some of that uh, aid was uh, for the target was the plantation workers, we call Malaya workers. And the Malaya workers have come out, and this morning I saw a video showing uh, the plantation workers speaking out and saying they don't receive the assistance uh, the, the South Indian government provided. Uh, instead, those assistance have been siphoned off to feed the ruling elite in that area. So uh, this is the problem we have to tackle. And, uh, of course, you know, the, the situation is going to be very tough. It will be painful, and most of these painful measures will be imposed on the ordinary people, working people, uh, ruling elite, is uh, not giving up any of their luxuries and um, the privileges they are enjoying. And uh, in Sri Lanka, the ruling elite is one of the uh, uh, most uh, um, luxuries. They are enjoying the most luxuries in, when you compare uh, with the other uh, ruling elites in other countries. 
No. I I wanted to ask you something I'm very curious about. I've read that the Wickramasinghe government has some support of trade unions for the austerity measures for the IMF loans uh, for that for that austerity situation. So I just want to try to understand unions in Sri Lanka because I'm assuming these are not necessarily genuine unions. They're probably not left-wing. They're possibly even yellow unions. Have I got that right? Yes, there are. Now, in Sri Lanka, the situation is a bit different from, uh, I would say, countries like Australia. Trade unions are directly affiliated to political parties. Especially after 1977, when uh, neoliberal economy was introduced in Sri Lanka, uh, the, the ruling elite, uh, the United National Party, that is the party of Ranil Wickremesinghe, they started their own trade union called Jatika Sevaka Sangame, and uh, that became the strongest trade union in Sri Lanka, and that was used to sabotage all other trade union protests and trade union movements. And it is still active. And... Um, uh, uh, on the other hand, uh, other trade unions are also affiliated with different political parties. And uh, there is a trade union affiliated with the Sri Lanka Pradijana Termina, which is the Raja Pastels Party. And uh, then there are uh, trade unions affiliated with the JVP, Frontline Socialist Party, and so on. At the moment, the JVP trade unions are also strong. But what happened is, uh, during these protest movements, uh, when the urban middle class started uh, protesting, um, afterwards it spread to uh, the trade unions and there was, gen- there was a general strike in Sri Lanka. Closer. I think it was on the 9th of uh, May. And uh, that is when the attacks took place. And uh, when Ranil Wickremesinghe was appointed the prime minister, all of a sudden uh, the JVP affiliated uh, trade unions gave up the strike. And uh, that caused a huge damage to uh, the protest movement, I would say. And uh, so um, I don't know the genuineness of uh, the trade union action. They are saying that they are again going to uh, start uh, general strikes and uh, 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 launch island-wide protests. So uh, there are different trade unions affiliated with political parties and depending on their political affiliations and uh, uh, their political uh, needs, they um, act rather than in the interest of the working class. So um, I would say, that, uh, I, I won't say there is any one uh, trade union movement or trade union uh, that could be recognized as uh, uh, prioritizing the interest and uh, uh, interest of the working class in Sri Lanka. Well, Lionel, you are organising an event that is being held later today, three o'clock today, in fact. Do you want to advertise that for listeners who want to learn more about the situation in Sri Lanka? Yes, uh, thank you. Yeah, uh, we, we have organised um, a, a public event in the form of, uh, it will be a live conversation with uh, some of the people who have been in the protest movement, who are in the protest movement in Sri Lanka. And uh, uh, there are there is a plurality of speakers coming out uh, from different backgrounds, and uh, so this live conversation takes place at uh, Monash University Clayton Campus, and uh, Science Faculty Lecture Theatre Esco, um, and uh, it, it will be starting at three o'clock uh, this afternoon, and uh, there will be speakers from uh, Australia, including Giselle, 
and uh, there will be a couple of other speakers from Australia, including from trade unions. And um, uh, from Sri Lanka, we have a lineup of about, I think, 10 or 12. I don't know how to manage time, but uh, uh, some of them may not be able to connect because of uh, the power outages and internet outages in Sri Lanka. But we expect uh, this to be a successful one. So we invite everybody who is interested in uh, doing something about what is happening in Sri Lanka to uh, attend and um, uh, take part actively in the conversation. Well, Lionel, thank you so much for your time this morning. I know you're probably furiously uh, finalising last-minute details for the event tonight, uh, this afternoon. So hopefully we'll get a number of listeners out there to Monash University today um, to um, speak directly or hear directly from people in Sri Lanka involved in the protest movement. Thanks so much, Lionel. Thank you very much, Giselle. Thank you very much for the opportunity. That was Lionel Bopagi. He is an organiser in Australia, Asia Workerlings. He's organising a public meeting today. I'll give you those details again. Uh, it starts at 3.30, but they're asking you to get there at 2.30, 2.30 to 5 o'clock today, Monash University Clayton Campus in Science Lecture Theatre S4. Make sure you get along to it. But... Uh, James, that brings us to the end of another program of Asia Pacific Currents. So thank you again from James Barry. And me, Giselle Hanna. We'll announce all of those Radiothon contributors in the next show. Um, but coming up next, and stay tuned to 3CR for the rest of the day, coming up next is Palestine Remembered.